I think a brand has to reflect who you are and what you stand for as a company. We all know that our happiness comes from our connections with the people we love the most. The person with their health has a thousand dreams and the person without their health has one. What we stand for is building a business and life that you love and building a business that fully supports the life that you want to live. It takes courage to do that because not everybody's going to agree with you. And I think that's where your brand starts. What do you stand for? What are your values? What are your operational practices? What do you believe in? Don't be afraid to talk about that, even though not everybody's going to agree, because that will attract the right people and will repel the wrong people. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a personal friend of mine. This man is one of the world's leading thought leaders in the arena of real estate. And in particular, he runs the most prestigious, largest real estate coaching firm for individual realtors in the world this is the real deal let's give it up for the one the only the legendary richard robbins welcome to the show rich well thank you nick my friend that was quite an intro i don't know if that is all true but i'll take it <laughs> there you go so brother i know you fairly well we've known each other for about a dozen years or so um and you've been on the show before but yes. it's been a while and we've got some new listeners. So why don't you start by telling us your backstory? How'd you get to be the great Rich Robbins? Okay. Um, well, I was born and raised in Peterborough, Ontario, about an hour and a half northeast of Toronto. Uh, when I was 24 years old, I actually got my real estate license because it just seemed like fun. I thought, I'm going to go sell houses. How hard can that be? Well, I quickly learned might have been a little harder than most people think, but uh, so I did that for about three years and I was actually blessed. You know, I, I had a great manager, uh, great training, um, and I ended up, you know, getting it together and figuring some things out. Then I moved up to Markham, just north of Toronto, and I opened a real estate brokerage with my partner at the time, Dana Richard. Um, and uh, we opened it up. We didn't know anybody. And I can honestly tell you the first three years we got hammered like hammered like never before. We were born on MasterCard to pay Visa. I can tell you all those crazy stories. We even borrowed money from his mother at one point. I thought his mother would be better than my mother. I didn't want to ruin my inheritance, so I went to his mother. Um, and uh, anyway, but we finally got it going, and it was actually Jim Rowan who became a huge influence in my life. He, is, he passed a number of years ago, and uh, we got it going, and we ended up having the highest production per agent of any company in the trading area. Um, so anyway, a few years later, I sold that. Uh, Dana had left a couple years before that. It was a lifestyle decision. I took the company over um, and then I sold it to a large firm in Markham and I started Richard Robbins International, which really were a, 
we're a training and coaching company in the residential real estate space. We help residential uh, realtors. And I've been doing that now since 1998. And actually, some really good news. On uh, on the Bloomberg Network, there's a show called uh, The Greatest Ever. And we recently, about two weeks ago, we aired as the greatest real estate coaching company in the world. And uh, that took about 18 months to all come true, but it was it was pretty special. So we've had a we've had a 25 year run, not without its difficulties, as you know, but a 25 year run of helping real estate sales professionals make more money, but also have a much better life. Our whole goal is to help people build a business and life that they love. That's a Cole's notes of my journey, buddy. Yeah, Rich, I think that's incredible. I mean, the greatest ever is pretty fantastic. So tell us a bit about this show. I, I'd never heard of this show before. Yeah, well, it's actually only airs in the U.S. How you can go to their website and you can actually view it. And what happened? We got a call. It had to be 18 months ago. And you know how you get a lot of these companies that call you up and they're going, oh, you know, we want to do this. And the whole idea is they want you to pay them a whole bunch of money and then they'll give you this designation, so to speak. And I'm always skeptical. I'm not, I don't, I don't like to do that. And anyway, they wanted an interview. So we sat down, my wife and I, my wife and I are partners in the company and, and we ended up on the phone for about an hour and a half with this guy. And it was, it was a real deal. Um, and somebody had nominated us. They'll never tell you who. And then what they do is they take all these stories and we had to send, you know, we had to send them all kinds of information. We had to send them pictures of our building, show that we own the building, like to make us make sure we we're real. Right. And uh, it was interesting because we got off the phone. The guy said, you know, he said, I love your story. However, remember, this goes to a committee. So I'm not the deciding. I'm, I'm the one that does the interviews. And he said, your story is amazing. You know, you what you and your wife have done about your challenging moments, about your successful moments. Uh, but he said, I want to be honest with you, you know, being a Canadian company, I, I don't know because we only are in the U.S. So what ended up happening was, I don't know, six, eight months later, also we get this call. And they said, you've been chosen. So then they sent a camera crew down to Fort Myers, Florida, because I was doing an event down in Fort Myers in February of this year. Um, and, you know, they wanted to video it live and do a whole bunch of interviews with our customers and the whole deal. And then they put it together. So it's called the world's greatest. And what they try to do is they try to find the world's greatest. And it wouldn't matter whether it was boating, ditch digging, farming, whatever the case is. Um, and it just aired on the Bloomberg network. I think it was the 7th and the 14th of May was the two air dates. And uh, I don't know if it's up on the site yet. I'll have to check. But, uh, you know, it'll be put up in the site and then people can check out all these world's greatest companies. So, yeah, it was a it was pretty cool. It was very surprising. Um, we, we just sort of when we hung up the phone. We thought we'll never hear from them again. Right. And that was sort of the end of it. And then six, eight months later, out of the blue, we get this call. I had forgotten all about it. And uh, they said after talking to your customers and checking you guys out like. Um, so, yeah, it was very exciting. Nice. It was a nice recognition. That's brilliant, man. That'll be the name of the episode, man. Greatest ever, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. So, so, Rich, when it comes to developing a personal brand, my belief is it can't just be a marketing exercise. It, there has to be substance behind that brand. 
So let's mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about what is it that has had you be able to develop your brand with a whole lot of substance? Because a lot of folks go out there and say, we're the best coach, we're the best this, we're the best that, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. What's allowed you to do this? Well, I've made a lot of mistakes in branding, quite honestly, over the years. But after 25 years, um, our company, and you know, for a long time now, our company's been a, in a very, very good space. Um, our our office, they're all like family in here. We love our clients. We've got one of the most like our superpowers, our community of coaching members, where they share all of these ideas. And when I think we really started to excel without as much effort, like, you know, there's one thing to say, okay, I'm just going to outwork everybody in the world. I'm going to do all kinds of, you know, spend tons of money in marketing and all those sort of things, which, hey, is all possible. However, I think a brand has to reflect who you are and what you stand for as a company. So an example of that for me is this. I believe it's easy just to decide I'm going to work really hard and be a success. However, I think what a lot of people find as they start down that path is maybe after three, five, seven years, they maybe have found themselves going down a wrong path Mm. because we all know that our happiness comes from our connections with the people we love the most. We've heard this a million times. You know, we all know that the person with their health has a thousand dreams and the person without their health has one. We've all heard the stories of nobody's ever sat in their deathbed and said, I wish I had worked harder. What they generally say is, I wish I had had more fun and spent more time with the people I love. So we don't necessarily promote, you know, just grinding all day long. And what's interesting about that is it seems that Work workaholism, if you will, I believe it is an addiction, but it's not viewed as addiction. It's sometimes viewed as good for you, right? Oh, boy, badge of honor. I work really, really hard. And that's not what we believe as a company. Now, I believe in financial success. I like being financially successful like everybody else, but not at the cost of everything that I know is more important to me. So what we do as a company is what we stand for is building a business and life that you love and building a business that fully supports the life that you want to live. That's what we stand for. So when I started and my wife, we started to express what maybe we believe more of the definition of success was, which I want to be honest with you, it takes courage to do that because not everybody's going to agree with you. And I think that's where your brand starts. I think your brand starts with you understanding your values as a human being or your company's values. Maybe you have a large organization. Like we've got about 33 people. uh, So it's not a large organization. But you've got to, what do you stand for? What are your values? What are your operational practices? What do you believe in? Um, And then don't be afraid to talk about that, even though not everybody's going to agree, because that will attract the right people and will repel the wrong people. You know, 
there's a few things you said that I'd like to unpack. And I wrote down, your brand starts with courage. And it mm. seems to me that in 2023, the brands that are the most successful in various arenas mm. are brands that are tinged with authenticity and courage. You can agree with what they're all about or not. Like they can repel you as well as attract you, but they're right. successful because they start with being true to themselves. That's what you're saying in essence, correct? Yes. See, it's really funny when it comes to marketing. I remember when I, many years ago, when I wrote my book, I I didn't understand book writing. I didn't understand marketing of a book. And I'm meeting with all of these agents and editors trying to figure it all out. And I had this desire to write a book that would appeal to everybody. And of course, not one person agreed with me writing a book. And from a marketing standpoint, they said, no. And I'm going, well, just a minute, you know, there's, you know, seven to eight billion people in the world. Why can't I appeal to them all? They said, no, you got to choose your market. So that's what I mean by you've got to go narrow and deep in something, whatever that, because that's when people can decide whether to choose you or not. Here's an example. In our industry, real estate sales professionals will drive all over the place. You know, they'll like, let's take the GTA, the greater Toronto area, which is a massive market. You know, they'll go from Burlington, you know, to Oshawa, which you and I both know is like probably an hour plus drive Easy. selling real estate. I think that's a mistake. I always say that choose your market and go narrow and deep in your market. So, you and you might choose a geographical area, which maybe it's Oakville as an example, or you might choose a property type, which could be condos waterfront, whatever the case is, you might even might even choose a price range. But what is it that you love? If you're going to get into the real estate space, what is it you love, right? What area do you love? You know, what property type do you love? And then own it, own it. You know, we've had a great client <clears throat> out in uh, West Vancouver, which is, well, it, it would be the highest, you know, price real estate in Canada. And he will not drive more than 10 minutes from the center of his market. He'll refer all the other business out because he said, I love West Vancouver. I know everything about West Vancouver. And I'm not afraid to tell people that I don't work downtown Vancouver. I don't work in the Fraser Valley. I don't work in Burnaby. I only work in that market. To the point that he knows why every street was named what it's named in West Vancouver. So he can be driving around the client and he can give him the history on why that street was named what it's named. That's what I mean by standing for what you love, because he he loves West Vancouver. Now, he could go sell real estate a half an hour from his market, but he refuses because he knows what he stands for. That's what I mean by understanding your values, your, your principles, your operational practices, and then own it. And, you know, this particular gentleman, his name is John Jennings. You know, John Jennings, he kills it in real estate. Like, kills it. See, that's fine with a lot. Sorry, yeah, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I find a lot of people try to be too much to too many. It's like that old saying. It said, 
I don't know if the key is success, but I know the key to failure is trying to please everybody. You know, there's a lot of truth in that, especially when it comes to branding. Yeah, try to please everybody. That's good. See, you and I had a brief conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. I think in 2023, anybody who's in business needs to develop their own powerful personal brand. If you're if you're a realtor, you that that makes sense. If you're a CEO of a company, it makes sense. If you're a coach, it makes sense. And how do you do that? Well, first and foremost, you got to pick something you love as you said and become a bit of an expert in it. You got to be able to speak about it in a way that when people hear you talk, they go, "Oh yeah, this fellow knows what he's talking about. This man understands this, what he's doing, right?" And a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, it's it's interesting to me because I know a lot of realtors, not as many as you do, but I know a lot of realtors. My mom was a realtor for many years. You know, I had a lot of buddies in the in the space. My dad bought and sold a lot of real estate as an investor back in the day. And I, I know a lot of CEOs. Again, my dad was a CEO. You know, I've worked with a lot of CEOs. Here's the funny thing. They don't want to limit themselves. They don't want to miss out the fear FOMO fear of missing out is kind of big in their, in their deal. But when someone understands that you've got to, you've got to say, this is my message and you've got to talk about that more than anything else. And they start talking about it and they start using modern methods of communication because back in the old days, people would just pick up the phone and dial for dollars, right? Our mutual friend, Leslie Bensick, that was his shtick, five hours a day prospecting and it it can still work. But today, if you're smart, you've got videos you're putting up on, on YouTube, on your social media, on Instagram, you're putting up quotes there. Everything isn't about your latest property. I think it's a big mistake to just put what you're going to do business with. You start to put that information out there for people and you start to say, look, your buddy with West Vancouver, if if I were advising him on branding, I'd say, it's great that that's where you sell real estate. I need you to create a podcast called the West Vancouver podcast. And it cannot, you can't talk about the fact that you're a realtor on the podcast. Not allowed. <laughs> Not allowed. People will figure that out. You're just going to talk about West Vancouver all day long, every day. Let me tell you about this street. Let me tell you about this resident. Let me tell you about this restaurant. If he did that, and then a year goes by, two years goes by, and he's got 200, 300 episodes on the West Vancouver podcast, boom. The next thing I'd advise him to do is I'd go, we're writing the, the book on West Vancouver, and it's going to be called The Book All About West Vancouver by John Jennings. Hey, I'm John Jennings. I'm a realtor in West Vancouver. This is what I've been doing all my life. And then I'll go, John, here's the next thing I want you to do. John, right? This is what I was talking to you about a couple of weeks ago. John, we're going to put you on a bunch of podcasts and you're not going to talk about being a realtor and trying to sell real estate. Because I'm not, wait a minute, Nikki, what, what? I go, no, you're going to talk about West Vancouver. So you're going to go on podcasts that are about interesting places. You're going to go on podcasts in places like Japan, you're going to go on podcasts in places like Russia, in in places like the United States, and even local Vancouver. And all you're going to talk about is this is the man on West Vancouver. After a, a period of time of him putting himself out there and all his posts are about that, and he's not just shilling and pitching because everybody does that. No offense to the realtors, but they all do that. Man, I think 
his business, as awesome as it is, would 10x, 20x, mm -hmm. just because mm -hmm. they're going to look at him and go, wow, that's that dude who knows everything there is to know about West Vancouver. What is it that he actually does? I don't know. I think he's an insurance guy or something. You know what I mean? But then there'll be guys who go, no, no, no. I really want to know what he does. Because people want to do business with interesting people. People want to do business with people that are real. That's, mm -hmm. you know, I collect knives. I know you think I'm crazy, Rich, but I collect knives. I love knives. I think they're the greatest thing in the world. So there's this guy who, Ernest Emerson, he built this knife, right? This is a nice knife. It's a $40 knife. Now there's this other Canadian fellow who makes custom knives. And his name is Greg Lightfoot. Now, this is something Greg Lightfoot made for me. I don't know if you can tell the difference between this knife and the other knife. It's just a tad more. Yeah, for sure. Right? And I know everything there is to know about a Greg Lightfoot knife, right? Like, I'm like, and Greg talks about in cool materials. He talks about, hey, this is something called uh, Timascus. It's titanium and Damascus steel. This is mammoth tooth. Mammoth tooth. How cool is that mammoth tooth? And this is a special type of steel. And like, Dude, he talks about this stuff, and I listen to him talk about it, and I go, I want this guy to make me a knife. And when he gives me the price for his knife, I like go, oh, my God. But, yeah, I got to have one of his knives. doesn't matter. I'm buying it, right? And that's what branding creates, you know? And I, I think that's how you've built your business, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, well, if you think about it, um, we are in the residential real estate space, but our teaching – is 100% transferable to insurance, the financial planners, and I can go on and on. Anybody else in the service industry, you could take all of our teaching and you could use it in all these industries. So I have been asked for like 20 years, hey, why don't you expand? You know, why don't you move into this industry and move into that industry? Um, and I've always refused because I want to be narrow and deep in real estate. Now, it actually... And this is get back to the courage. It takes a lot of courage to do that because all these other opportunities, you go, wow, that could be really cool. You know, it sort of looks like the shiny object. Oh, I could go over there and that'd be fun. You know what I mean? And somebody said to me one time, I'll never forget. They said the most successful people in the world have mastered something called repetitious boredom. And that means that, you know, that they can like, I know what we got to do as a company to succeed. Now, we got to change, you know, COVID made us go virtual and we can go on and on about that. But, it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm staying in the same space. Well, all of a sudden, these exciting opportunities keep popping up. Oh, yeah. Somebody wants you to go to speak at the financial services conference, right? And well, that could be fun, but I won't go. I go, no, that's not what I do. Even though you're going to pay me, it's not what I do. So that's what I mean by courage. It takes a lot of courage not to chase the shiny object and, and master repetitious boredom. And it doesn't mean it's always boring, but I think you know what I'm saying yeah. is by staying in your space. And I find that, you know, people today, they, you know, they get so caught up, especially with social media, everything going on around, them, they see all these other opportunities. And the other thing that we also have to remember today, I, I, I believe, and this has been around for quite a while, is that if you go back, you said, okay, Leslie Ben's like, oh, he's reaching out, making all these phone calls. Well, it wasn't that long ago, Nick, that we didn't have the internet. And before the internet, could people really do a search on you? And the answer is no. 
everybody does a search on everybody today, in most cases, before they'll ever make contact with them, which means your brand and your message is more important today than ever before. Because before they ever meet you, they're going to do all kinds of research on you. And if they can't read your website or your social media feeds or whatever the case is, and understand with absolute clarity what you're an expert in, then you're vanilla to them. And everybody is vanilla, except those few people that will stand for something. Because if you don't stand for something, it's too easy to fall for everything. And I think a lot of people yeah. tend to fall for everything. And that's the shiny object. So that's why I think today it is more important than ever before. And that do exactly what you just said. When you decide what you're going to stand for, talk about it nonstop. Nonstop. Like West Vancouver, West Vancouver, West Like talk about it. So what do I talk about? Real estate. Because guess what I know? Real estate. I don't talk about you know, financial planning or insurance or any other business at all, right? So I, I think if you listen to my podcast or if you went to our website or whatever the case is, it won't take you long to figure out what it is we do with absolute clarity and also what we stand for with absolute clarity. And I agree with you. And there is one time where that stuff can get turned on its head. So before he ran for president, Donald Trump was known as a success guy. He would be right. on all kinds of TV shows and whatnot. And, you know, he started his career in real estate, right? Like he built these right. massive towers in New York, the Trump Tower, the Chicago Tower, and these hotels and golf courses. And that's what he did. Yet there was a point where you started to see uh, Trump stakes, Trump water, Trump university, and all this other stuff came out. And I was just, you know, like you, I'd always believed in like focus. And I was just like, why did he do that? And I listened to an interview again, pre-politics Donald Trump days. And they said, so why are you getting involved in all these other things? And he said, but I'm not involved. My brand's involved. He said, I day to day still do real estate. I make deals with people and I license my brand. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I guess if you've got a certain size of brand, you can do that, right? These guys pay him a lot of money to use his name. Mm -hmm. At least they did before he ran for office. I don't think that's happening as much anymore. But um, I would say to, to you, Rich Robbins, I think you're 100% bang on. Um, you know, if we were sitting with a bunch of guys and you were like throwing it out, guys, do you think I should do this? We'd all tell you no. But what I would tell you, my caveat to that would be, Rich, you ought to license the Richard Robbins method to folks in other industries and charge them a bunch of money to teach this stuff. Have somebody on your team build a licensing, a licensing of your material and say, okay, this is your job. We're going to build it for insurance. We're going to build it for financial services. We're going to build it for whatever. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be involved in the phone calls. This is how much I want. Go see if you can sell it. And I bet you, you could. I bet you, especially now that you've been on a show like the Bloomberg show, bet you, you could find somebody who's got a consulting arm or a coaching arm who'd say, I'm interested. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Because, you know, our, our methods are tried, tested, they work, right? They produce results. I think you're absolutely right. 
Um, but again, you know what it comes down to? Like that, that's probably a great money-making venture. But remember I said, build a business that fully supports the life you want to live. Yeah. So what's happening is like, I look at it right now and I think, I'm going to write another, probably write another book this year. And I, I think I like my life right now. I like my business right now. I like everything about it. And how much is enough, right? So there's, That's your there's goal. to me, to me, there's no lack of opportunities in the world. And you, I, I, you're hundred percent right. All right. I, I think that I could do that. You know, if I found the right person, um, you know, the, again, the challenge a little bit for me and just in my head, and maybe this is one of my own, you know, roadblocks. Um, it's what would happen if somebody started to tarnish that brand and maybe wrong way. I don't know. Right. And maybe that would never oh, happen. Yeah. But, right. Listen, you got to, first of all, want something like this. Yeah. If you don't, it's yeah. a non-starter. Forget it. If yeah. you do, yeah. I believe it's a wonderful idea. And people do licensing deals in business all the time. In the world of brands and thought leadership, this is not... You want to find, obviously, you're not going to just license your material out yeah. to anybody. You're going to find a reputable organization that has something, and you're going to say to them, look, uh, you guys you guys have a reputation. You're in this market. We're not. We've got material and content. You want it. Here's what we mm -hmm. suggest. Boom, boom, boom. Are you interested? Mm -hmm. This is the deal. And that's that. And you, you know, you you get yourself a good licensing lawyer to write agreements that says you can pull it back if they're doing anything that, you know, goes yeah. motherhood and apple pie and the rich Robin's way. But I don't know. As a businessman, I would have I would say that's worth considering very seriously. Very seriously. Yeah. No. No. You're 100. If I were your that, coach, I'd be telling you, yeah. Rich, get your right hand person and get them to look into this. Don't worry. That is an opportunity. There's no question. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's it's an interesting thought. But um the 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 things I'm getting out of this conversation are one is, you know, you gotta have courage inside your brand. Two is you've got to have the guts to really create your brand and not try to be all things to all people. And three is yeah. avoid the shiny objects. Shiny objects are usually not helpful. If you've got a business that's going well, you don't want to jump into something else. You know, you want to stick with what's bringing you the results that you're looking for. So I think these are very powerful. Yeah, yeah. I I think you know that's that's a great summary. It's just, you, and as I said, like you you've got to inside you've got to do what you love, right? Like if if you're not if you're not if your brand doesn't represent what you love, it's the old saying: when it's no longer fun, you better run. And I I believe in that. Life is too short. And so when you, you know, like I know John Jennings, and I know I've used him as an example, but he loves West Vancouver. So he gets to spend all his days in an area that, you know, he lives and works and loves him. That's pretty cool, man. Like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and, and make himself, you know, a very, very, very good living all at the same time. And And to me, that's what's possible, but that's only possible when you have the courage to go narrow and deep in something. And that's what your brand is. Your brand is a reflection of who you are, what you stand for, and what you do. You know, I think what you're saying here is very important, very powerful. I'm learning something 
for myself, who you are, what you stand for, and what you do. What you do. Yeah. Brilliant. And I love that you have all these powerful uh, quotes that rhyme. There, there, there's something incredible about that. You know, the, the mind hangs on to things that rhyme and that are musical. It just remembers yeah. them. Better. So that's really yeah. cool that you've done that. Yeah. They're my, they call riffs. They're like music riffs, right? They're music riffs. Yeah. 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 Good. In a sense. But they're to me, they're speaking riffs and they're things that for some reason I just remember them. In a nutshell, someone's looking to create a brand. They got to find something they love, something that they authentically stand for. They got to have the courage to stick with it. They got to have the courage to repel as well as to attract. Yeah. They, they've got to stay away from the shiny objects. And yes. they've got to really keep their eye on who they are, what they stand for, and what they do day in and day out. They do that, they're going to build themselves a wonderful brand and a wonderful business. They don't do that, yeah, I- they're going to struggle. Yeah, and that and that's what most people do, and that's why I think they find it so hard. But also, I I do believe reminding yourself to master repetitious boredom, and and I don't mean that in a negative way. You know, it's just that some people you do this. If you look at the most successful people in the world, yeah. um, they've I believe they've had the ability to master that, and it's not necessarily boring to them, but they're not chasing the shiny objects all the time. Right. So they've mastered that idea of staying in this game. And I do think today, so many of us require overstimulation today. You know, we would jump from one thing to another, right? Phones and all that. Uh, our attention spans have become very short. And because of that, we're always looking for the next dopamine hit. And that's what I think can easily pull us off. So as I said, yes, it requires courage, but I think it also requires discipline, you know, to keep yourself, you know, narrowly focused on what you're trying to produce in the world. Yeah. So the next dopamine hit is the enemy. Yeah. Of a fulfilling and successful life. Yes. It it, it absolutely is. Like it, I'm I'm reading this book right now. Um. Oh boy, I just forgot the name of it. But um, it's written. It, it was written based on an 80, 80 year study. You know, so what happened? You know, they eighty years ago they started studying these people, and it, there's been four people have taken over this study. It's the longest study in happiness that has ever been done. Yeah, this thing is called the. Um, oh, it's terrible. Anyway, I'll think about. And um, when I'm when I'm you know reading this book. It, it, it's so clear to me that the, the people that are the happiest in the world, and I think we all want that, right? Like at the end of the day, we're all roughly looking for the same thing. Sure. Um, is they call it, you know, there's something called vitamin C, which is connection, right? Like connection with, other, like true connection with other people. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we live in a world today that it's hard for us to sit in a room together and have a conversation without looking at our phones. Now, I'm not saying that's going to change. I'm not sure not saying whether that is necessary or right or wrong. But I do think that we have trouble. And I'm not just talking family. I'm talking customers, right? I'm talking staff. You know, it's called The Good Life. That's the name of the book, The Good Life. And um, and when I, when I read through this book, I just think to myself, you know, this 80-year study based on the people that 
have been the happiest. It's all based on they, they, they just had the best connections with people. Yes. Right. And it's, that's what I mean. It's so hard to do today because we, we acquire so much. It's almost like we need overstimulation today to get that next dopamine hit. Um, and that is, I don't care what anybody says, that is an addiction that we have as human beings. Yeah. And yeah. I catch, hey, I'm guilty too. I catch myself all the time grabbing my phone and, you know, looking at an Instagram feed and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? And I didn't even do it consciously. I did it subconsciously. That's what really scares me about myself, right? Um, and of course, you know, then all of a sudden I got my little dopey and hit it, put it back down. And then, you know, so I, that's what I mean by it's so hard, I think, for people to get in business just to master that whole idea, that concept of the repetitious boredom and just, okay, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is what I want to be known for. I'm going to stay in this space and make your fun inside that space instead of jumping out to other things and trying to make yourself feel better in the moment. So I wrote a book um, published in 2021. It's called The Power of Connecting. And I wrote it mm-hmm. with uh, Kai Bjorn. Um, yeah. At the time, he was the... Um, country lead for Canada for BNI, Business Networking International. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, Ivan Meisner wrote the forward. And yeah. I should connect you with both Kai and Ivan, and you should put them on your on your show. Ivan Meisner was the founder of BNI, is the okay. founder of BNI. Great guys. And I did a lot of research in that book. I, I did most of the writing. There was a lot of Kai's ideas and my ideas as well, but I, I'm the writer. Like I'm, I'm a wordsmith. Yeah. So I put that together. And one of the studies in that, in that book, actually there were dozens of studies we cited was around this topic of connection. The power of connecting is all about connection and the importance of connection to business success. And we talk about how people today, the average man, in in north america does not have one friend think yeah. about this not yeah. one friend yeah someone they can call if they go away on a business trip and their wife hears something strange a noise in the and is scared and calls when they're on a business trip there's no one they can call that they can trust to go take care of their wife that is crazy in my mind and it's yeah. one of the reasons why one of the things that I've taken on as a bit of a habit is I actually have phone free time during the day. So I'll take my phone, I'll put it in another room, I'll set an alarm on it and I'll do stuff that doesn't require my phone. You know what I mean? I'll read, take notes, do some computer work. And then when it's time to make phone calls, like it's my phone call time or I have phone appointments or whatever, I'll bring the phone back in on Friday. I was behind on my credit card receipts. I hadn't done them for four months. And I was like, I got to get these done. My account's going to kill me, right? So I locked the phone in the other room, sat at the computer. And I thought this was going to take all day. It took two hours. Without my phone there to distract me, it took two hours. Yeah. That's the craziness, right? Yeah. Well, it is. And we all, we've all read the studies about multitasking and how inefficient you are when you multitask. And again, we all do it, but we understand that it's not the most productive way to function. But again, because we get that little dopamine hit, right? A little drug, and 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 that just keeps leading you to, you know, bad habits. 
It does. Yeah. It does. And what you're saying about connecting is is very important. There's an exercise in the book that we outline where we say, um, I, I'd say to you, Rich, okay, Rich, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this exercise with you just just for fun right now. It's the power of connecting. I'd I'd call you up and I go, Rich, it's Nikki Baloo. Long time since we spoke, and here's what I'd say to you, like authentically from my heart. I'd say, Rich, you're one of the the finest people I know. I mean, it's an honor to know a man like you. You're a generous spirit. You're a giver. You're positive. Whenever I speak to you or, or even just think about you, I uh, my energy level lifts. And I want you to know, I want to know more people like you, you know? And so I, I've got a crazy big ask. Who do you know who's like you? A positive, you know, solid, uplifting human being, business owner, but I also want you to know, I don't want to just be a taker here to ask you for something. I also want to give you something. Um, and I would have thought out beforehand someone I can introduce to you. So in this case, mm -hmm. I said to you, I'd like to introduce you to Ivan and and, and Kai, right? These are right. my guys be good guests for your podcast. Yeah. I'd ask you, Rich, would you like me to introduce him to you? And you'd say, sure, Nikki, I'd love it, right? And then I'd go, all right, and who, who do you think you can introduce to me? And then I'd shut up. And you'd think, and you'd go, well, so-and-so. And it's that simple. If you do that two, three times a week with good people that you have good relationships with, you could really powerfully expand your connection pool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I totally agree. It's, it's I call oh, it I double dog dare you. I'm going to introduce you to Ivan and, and Kai. Think of somebody you can introduce to me. Let's do it. Let's get, let's keep the circle going. Okay. I am, I already know who I'm going to introduce. I'm going to introduce you to Terry Winder. So it. he's uh, he's been a buddy of mine since 21 years old. He's in the estate planning, insurance, financial planning business. Very very successful. Um, and honestly, if it wasn't for Terry, I'm not so sure I'd be where I am today because I met him playing squash. When I worked at my dad's gas station in Peterborough and he was in the insurance business, we became friends. You know, he's driving a much nicer car than I am. He owns a house I don't. I go to his place for dinner. So he introduced me to a world that I didn't I didn't really know was there before. Now he's about five years older than me. And we've remained friends ever since. Um, very good friends ever since. And Terry is uh, about as upbeat as you will ever find he's now 65 or 66 years old working harder than ever before loves what he does travels all over the world has fun you know he just said i don't know what i'd retire to my life is perfect the way it is there you right? go <laughs> yeah so um so i'm gonna i'm gonna connect you with terry because i think uh first of all he like if you want somebody in your podcast that's a thought leader, definitely Terry. 100%. Extremely smart guy. And uh, he'd be great for your podcast. But again, he's just energy, upbeat, fun-loving, got all the right pieces, right? Love it. Uh, and he had a major influence in my life because he got me into sales. There you go. He wanted me to sell insurance. I couldn't do the insurance thing, so I did the real estate thing. But... You know, but uh, he kept saying, oh, man, you'd be so good at sales. And and uh, so anyway, that's that's how I ended up getting into real estate, because um, I thought, hey, houses sound like more fun than insurance. And uh, it all worked out.
So there you go. So you and I just did this here. If someone's listening to the show, call someone in your network that you feel good about and have a similar conversation with them and do it a couple times a week. Over yeah. the course of a year, you do this twice a week, let's say 50 weeks a year, that's a hundred new people you're going to meet. How does business get built? Brilliant. Business gets built through connections and relationships. How do friendships get built? Through other good friends introducing you to friends. How's this anything but a fabulous win for everybody involved? I agree. That's really good, Nick. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. So I think those are the things that uh, I've gotten from this vitamin C connections. That's really good. That's really good. I had a a, a thought leader on my show. He's a, he's a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Tony Martin, Martin Clinic. And he talks about vitamin S. You know what vitamin S is? Steak. <laughs> steak. Oh, steak. 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 You know, my mind when we used vitamin S, I thought sex. But anyway, we won't get into that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I love it. He goes, vitamin S. Have, have yourself a dose of vitamin S today. That's a good <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. So, Rich, as we um as we start to uh wrap up the episode. If folks want to find out about you, your work, your books, what's the best way? Yeah, just go to the website, richardrobbins.com, and everything is there. We get a live chat there if you want to chat with anybody at, at the office. But that is, uh, that's where you go to find out anything you want to know about, uh, about RI, as we refer to it, Richard Robbins International. I love it. All right, we'll make sure we put that in there. And we wrap up every episode by asking you as our guest expert for your top three expert action steps. These are your three best pieces of advice that you would like our listener to take on into their lives or in their business. So what say you? Uh, I would say future focus is a big part of what we teach. I'll explain it really, really quickly. Um, the future focus is, you know, knowing where you're going to go before you start the journey it's called selective attention. Be like this. So I, uh, I give you a puzzle. A thousand piece puzzle. I throw it down on a table, put all the pieces out, flip the right side up so you can see them. And then I take away the top that's got the picture on it. How successful are you going to be with that puzzle? It's going to take you a long time to put that puzzle together. The minute I give you the the front of the puzzle, you're going to put that together in, you know, 100 less time, right? And that's because future folks, you see what it is you're going to build. Everything in the world is there, but you have to know where you're going before you'll recognize that particular solution. So that'll be my first. My second is mentally prepare. Be very careful about what you put into your mind. I'm shocked at how we as human beings wake up in the morning. We get physically ready. You know, we have a shower, brush our teeth. Do our hair. For you, you'd have to trim your beard. Whatever it is we do to get ready every single day. But how much time do we spend mentally preparing for the day? So get up in the morning, read something positive, write down what you're grateful for, what you have to do. For some people, it could be a form of meditation, exercise, all those things. How can you get yourself mentally prepared for the morning, just like we get physically prepared every day? And then my third would be this. Write down. What three things can I do today that will move the needle? And you don't have to, they don't have to be big. But before I get caught up in the busyness of the day, decide what three things am I going to do today that will move the needle in my business or move the needle in my life. And then make sure that no matter come hell or high water, you get those three things done. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. So I wrote all these three down. I like them a lot. And um, you know what? The three things are very powerful. I'm going to implement that starting today myself. So listener, Richard Robbins is the real deal. Go to his website, richardrobbins.com. If you're in real estate, if you know someone in real estate, go check him out. Go check out his work. Go to one of his conferences. Consider hiring the company to coach you because these guys have helped thousands upon thousands of agents take their businesses to the next level. And I highly, highly recommend them. And if you heard something in this episode that really made a difference for you and you got a friend right now who's struggling the craziness of the last three years is something that's impacted them and impacted their self-belief. Do me a favor and just share this episode with them. Richard is so irrepressibly positive that it's going to lift their spirits. So make sure that you do that. Rich, buddy, thanks again for coming on the show. It's an honor to have you on. I, I learn something every time we speak. God bless you, man. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, you bet. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Richard Robbins, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this episode. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.